Well, hello and welcome everyone to this special edition of Calling from the Wilderness. It's our Remembrance Day special. So if you are out on the internet looking for two white guys talking about things that they have no qualifications to talk about, you have found the right place. At least 50% of us will let you decide which 50% that is, but it's definitely me. Um, <laughs> it's really good to be with you here. And uh, yes, obviously a sense of of um a sense of fun i guess is part of who we are but we also recognize that there is a a degree of of kind of somber reality and 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 uh, about uh, or such a thing as remembrance and want to try to put i guess in a sense our whole human experience um and that kind of breadth of our emotions and and our understandings and and our experiences into this space as we bring ourselves here to have these conversations uh calling from the wilderness uh is um a weekly podcast brought to you by my good friend derek wilson who's over in duncan british columbia <laughs> making things weird since uh, 1984 is that right yeah yeah i'm, yeah. I'm old <laughs> so far and, over uh, i'm almost under it yeah and uh and i, I you know close close following behind making things awkward since 1985 uh timothy miller oh, you're just, uh, yeah, currently yeah. over over in london england um and uh in a little area of north london called highgate and it's good to be able to welcome you into this space uh especially if you're one of our newer listeners um, we had a really fantastic conversation last week with uh, Christina Stadnick and invite you to go back into our channel, whether through Spotify or on YouTube and have a listen. It, it was a really kind of open and vulnerable and very powerful conversation, uh, which continues to be bringing up lots of things for me, for my own kind of thinking and reflection. And what we try to do, sometimes more successfully than others, is to hold these kind of conversations and breadths of experience um, and special um, days of remembrance as today uh, in a context of, of scripture and faith um, and, and prayer, believing that God is alive and continues to speak to us and through us and with us um, and wants us to engage with Holy Scripture and with each other to be able to find new life-giving ways of being in the world, not just for ourselves, but for the whole of creation. It's a lot of things to, to cover, and uh, if you're still with us, it's, it's really good to have you here. And Derek. We'll get to like it all. We got lots of time. <laughs> we're, we're fine. Yeah, if not, you find out that like on most things, you can skip ahead 10, 30 seconds at a time, and you know, eventually you'll hear us read the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even mess up the introduction once. Like Every time I do it, we have to do like three takes, and you just <laughs> nailed it in one. Well, yes, nailed it as a proverbial coffin, maybe, not necessarily as, you know. Ooh, big words. Your yeah. <laughs> $5 words. Yeah. yeah. Just, just trying to keep keep hip and trendy with somebody, Team not myself. Jeff. <laughs> Are people still saying lit? Uh, I don't know. I am all the time. Uh, lit. Yeah. Lit. Let's get lit and jump off the roof. Um, so today, today um, we are looking at a passage from the book of Ephesians, um, and as I say, this is kind of 
a, a very uh, um, kind of a variation from where we were started last week with grace and forgiveness, which I'm sure we'll have some themes touched on today, but also be looking at again. This is this one's a special one, being that today is Remembrance Day, and so we're looking at the Book of Ephesians, chapter six, verses ten to twenty, um, and we're also doing something slightly different, which is we're looking at a different version. Uh, oftentimes we use the English Standard Version, but today we're going to be looking at the Message Translation, just as uh, kind of another bit of of um, opportunity just to kind of give us some different language and get, give us a kind of reflection on different experiences that's that's possible. So I hope hope this is life-giving, hope this is challenging, hope this is uh, something that sparks bigger and deeper and, and broader conversations. And as always, we invite you to, to push back, to throw in a question, throw in a thought um, or an affirmation. If you're feeling so generous, we will accept those as well. And um, and yeah, use this as part of of an ongoing thing to as we challenge ourselves to to see ourselves and God more in the world today. So, Derek, are you happy to read first? If I bring um, it up, yeah, <laughs> ready for it. Absolutely. Excellent. So we have uh, a reading from Ephesians six. And, um, and then we'll have a minute of silence afterwards. I will read a second time, and then we'll have another moment of silence before we get into our questions, thoughts, and 20-minute discussion. So over to you, Derek. Okay, Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, the message. And that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. <clears throat> So everything the master has sent out for you, well-made weapons of the best, oh, sorry. So take everything the master has sent out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, but the, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon in the same way. Prayer is essential in the ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And you don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time, telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from 
and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time, telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. So, Derek, were there any uh, words or phrases that jumped out to you as either you were reading or I was reading it? Um, the life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Hmm. And pretty much just the whole war imagery in hmm. general. Yeah, yeah. You? Yeah, I think very much that the kind of whole first paragraph kind of caught me, but talk about that in the kind of thought or question. Um, and the phrase that I really jumped out to me was learn how to apply them, um, which I thought was an interesting, interesting words. Um, do you, so do you have any specific kind of questions or thoughts you want to discuss or engage with this afternoon? Uh, well, the one thing I was thinking of while you were reading was how, how did Jesus apply this? Like, mm -hmm even though Jesus was before this time, obviously. But if we're talking about fighting evil forces and all that jazz, um, what, what about Jesus's life would we say that this is a reflection of? Or, or is it? Because I'm looking at this and we get, you know what? I'm going to save that for when we get into the 20 minutes, but... What about Jesus's life? Yeah. We're not even talking about patience and you are showing that fruit of the spirit, like nobody's business. <laughs> I got guns, war. Yeah. Um, I what I, what I love about this translation is, is with all of the imagery of war, it, it doesn't do the, what the other translations do, which is the specifics of the armor of God. And I, and I like that challenge. Um, and I think that sense, like truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. Um, and also, too, like that, that first, for me, that first paragraph, when I, when I read that with, with a lens of kind of Christian nationalism, which, which I think is something that I grew up with unintentionally, but even, even in Canada, we had some of, um, 
when I read those, the, that word, those words, they really affirm everything I seem to believe when I was younger about like the world out to get you that you had to literally bear arms against evil um, and the evil of the devil in the world. Um, and, and I want to think, yeah, just kind of want to think a little bit about that in light of the fact that we're kind of looking at remembrance, you know, we're sitting in Remembrance Day when, you know, one of the things that people were very clear about was, or, or not everyone, but, you know, there was a, there's a sense that that kind of what remembrance, what we're remembering is the fact that people actually stood up against the evil in the world to bring, to bring peace and freedom. Um, so yeah, those, those are just a few of my thoughts and we'll, uh, I'll start a timer and we'll see where we go. Okay. Um, first off, I would like to say, cause we may get comments. My poppy is on the right side of my, of my shirt but because the camera is like a mirror yeah it's, yeah it's different so if we get any comments saying derek you gotta put it on the other side it goes over your heart on your left side it is <laughs> and that is the perfect representation of where we're gonna get into getting mad at people for things that are actually we're just seeing wrong <laughs> In, in a lens that uh, maybe is not the most clearest or can be deceptive. Um, Say more about that. You, you've started it off as like a, you know, like a kind of, you know, erotic little kind of joke, but yeah. you, you actually, there's something very serious underneath yeah. that that you want to say something about. So please. <clears throat> well, okay. So. I, I talked a little bit about this on Sunday when I was preaching at our church. Mm. And through my research, I came across a video from uh, Tim Mackey. He's the one, one of the co-creators of the Bible Project, yeah. um, which is just a great resource. I cannot mm. recommend it enough. But he did just, a, he does a little Bible verse study kind of thing. And he did one on Ephesians 6, this one about the powers and principalities. And he was saying that it's never against man, like even in the other versions, other than the mm -hmm. message, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood, mm. but against powers and principalities. And he was saying that the powers and principalities, uh, Paul would say that those are institutions. Um, kind of when people get together and uh, join together, they tend to uh, inflate their own morality their own sense of justice their own kind of rules whether it be military or government or even social movements mm -hmm. um all these things can do that and they become a type of deity where you're willing to sacrifice to them you're willing to fight for them i think we see i mean in canada but it's more prevalent in the states this idea of get back to god's country grab your guns grab this kind of stuff we're going to go back and make this a christian nation or the heavy reliance on military and the spending how much on military and not the poor or education or whatever mm -hmm. right um so this seeing things in a lens that we think would be correct um we tend to put that evil 
force or whatever it is on the people that are not with us, right? We tend to see them as our, our enemies mm. um, because they are physical and they are smaller and it's easier to pinpoint on them. And never the forces behind things like war or injustice or mm. like, like we have a homeless uh, issue in Duncan. Well, what we, we, we help the homeless, like the individuals that come, but what's the, what's the force or the institution or the system mm. behind that, that mm. is actually um, preventing people from getting the help they need or, or forcing people into these homeless situations mm. um, or mental health like depression and stuff. Yeah, there's, there's stuff and I'm not, I'm not an expert. So obviously go see um, uh, therapists and medications and all that kind of stuff. But is there also a sense in where we belong to this kind of system, this kind of um, um, cycle where it's very hard to get out of and uh, you feel more isolated, even though we have connection more than any other time. It's kind of a, a weak connection um, or a very surface level connection that maybe people need to get more involved in, and helped or housing crisis or, or whatever. We, we see these things um, on the very small level, like, like the poppy, but we're mm -hmm. not seeing the whole picture or as a church being voice, being the voice to the voiceless mm. um, in these bigger situations. I know I listened to one guy and he said, if you knew nothing about Jesus and his life and his ministry, if you knew that he was crucified, you knew enough about his life because they didn't crucify those that were part of the system and did not threaten the system mm. that they found themselves in, right? I think it was mm. Reza Aslan on a homebrewed years and years ago. But he was like, like Jesus was crucified. He didn't just die. He didn't just be thrown in prison. He didn't, you know, all these other things. The fact that he was crucified meant that he was fighting a system that was bigger than one person. And we are going to follow Christ's view or Christ's life. How are we doing that? And how did Christ's life reflect what we just read when we're talking about weapons and prayer and stuff are we like god won by dying he he won by losing right he mm -hmm. so when we're talking about weapons and stuff is it weapons to be it to attack people with or is it weapons to defend yourself because you're not attacking mm -hmm. does, does that make sense like a shield yeah. or a sword or, or a helmet or something like to protect you yeah like in the other versions, you know, the, the, the shield of faith. Okay, well, what's my faith? God is love. God loves people. So when people are coming at me and, and being like, why are you being so stupid with your money, giving it away to the homeless or your time or you're not even making a dent in the problem and stuff, well, I've got this shield of faith. And, and I know you were talking about the things. But like hmm. I have faith that these small steps are going to do something. I have faith that God loves this person. I have faith that God hmm. loves me. And as I step out in these things, he's going to be there with me. The, yeah. the helmet of salvation. Well, God is in the 
restoration, the redemptive business, and I want to be in that business too. And so when people or things aren't going right or, or it's taking longer than anticipated or all these obstacles come and people are, you know, people can be real jerks too, even Christians, believe it or not. Um, I'm not going to let those thoughts in because I'm in the redemptive business like God. Um, so what, what are we as a church doing? Are we seeing the problem that's actually the problem? Or are we looking at it through a different lens and seeing these institutions, these powers, and um, this evil force that is not subject to the authority of Christ yet? Yeah. Um, what are we doing? Anyway, so that's my 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our time. So yeah, uh, we'll no meet see you next week. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, as you say, it was fascinating is, and particularly in Western culture. Um, and you see it around things like, you know, Remembrance Day, which, which is that sense of if we can, if we can kind of have a throwback to, to something that is tangible in some ways that is tangible, tangibly evil, then it becomes a lifeline for us to continue that same narrative um, in our own lives to, to affirm the paths that we're on, not to challenge them. And, you know, and I, I think, you know, one of the things I was always really struck with about growing up in Canada around Remembrance Sunday um, and Remembrance Day was, was the way that like in my in my own life, my grandfather who served in the war, um, he never he never spoke about it except for once. Um, je- one of the last times I saw him before he died, he spoke about it, and and the only thing he s- said was that it was something he didn't want to talk about because that's when he lost um, three. I think it was three of his brothers, mm-hmm. um, and 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 other than that, he never he never never spoke about it, and. And as we, you know, obviously we know too, is that like Canada as a nation didn't have the war on our own soil. We went over to kind of other people's lands to kind of help them fight. And there were, and there was a, a detachment um, from kind of e- even the horrors and the, and the, and in a sense, the glorious, un, you know, the glorious dead. There's a detachment because there wasn't that tangibility of it within Canada, whereas I know like Americans feel it differently as well because of the um, because of the bombs and, and stuff at Pearl Harbor and and thing and obviously you know then they had the you know terrorism of nine eleven and and stuff like that but but it's these it's these things that like we we look for these kind of absolute moments of kind of quote unquote evil to then anchor our own narrative and our story onto. And, and then it becomes difficult to talk about anything around that um, or, or, or how that might actually challenge us to think about our own narratives now. Mm-hmm. Because then it's seen as, as you say, like, you know, there's a whole big thing going on here at the UK about kind of wearing a white poppy instead of a red poppy. And apparently the white poppy actually goes back to, um, I think it was right after the, I think it was after the second world war. Um, and it was, it was part of the, um, part of the recognition of, of, um, I think it was like the investment of, of women into the nation and in, in 
into kind of the infrastructure and, and, and life of, of the country and stuff like that, but also a belief of a world of reconciliation, reconciliation and peace, not just one of war. Um, but, but there's people who like, if you don't wear a red poppy, they, they'd, you know, they would, you, you're better off wearing no poppy than wearing a white poppy for some people, because they'd see that as being like anti remembrance or, you know, and, and, but, I, but I think like, and what I love about this message translation is, is I think what the question is, is like by both doing that extreme personification of, you know, this isn't a war that we're going to walk away from. You need to be able to stand up at everything the devil throws for you against you. This is a life or death fight um, against the devil and all his angels. Mm-hmm. That kind of extreme language is actually meant to to shock us to then think about, you know, that's actually you know, that's easy to engage with, but it's it's meant to shock us because we're meant to come back into actually our day-to-day lives thinking about, as you say, what are those structures and systems that we're actually um, submissive to or or that we've actually given up our own kind of, you know, freedom and and um, ability to, to kind of create the world that God is calling us to. And as you say, like, you know, <laughs> we could have a whole conversation about, about kind of war and peace and everything like that. But, you know, in the garden of Gethsemane, Peter takes his sword out, slices the ear off the the servant. Mm -hmm. And Jesus tells him that that's not his way. Like it's, it's very black and white in that moment. And what we do is we say, Oh, that was Jesus because Jesus had to be crucified. So he'd get resurrected. Well, did he have to be crucified though? (laughs) Like if his yeah, death yeah, was, yeah, was yeah. the payment, then yeah, yeah, old yeah. age or, you know, well, maybe yeah, he was yeah. stabbed or something. Like the fact that he was crucified yeah, yeah. is very important and not for the way that I grew up believing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but it is, it's that thing like, you know, again, we, we look at the, you know, what's the evil in, the, in that moment. What we look at is Judas has betrayed Jesus mm-hmm. and given him up to the thing that will then become his crucifixion. We don't look at the evil of what happens to the servant because Jesus heals his ear. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then the person who, you know, one second is able is, is happy to, um, you know, aggressively and violently defend Jesus is scared to stand beside him and be recognized as one of his disciples. Mm-hmm. And that kind of those extremes actually, you know, again, which I think this passage is all about, it, it isn't about, as you say, like, it isn't about like, you know, what wars are we fighting? And are we actually taking up arms against, you know, the evils of, of communism in the world or whatever it might be, yeah. we, you know, <laughs> determined are going against our Christian nationalism. But it, it's about like, you know, what are the things that are disrupting and breaking down um, the things of God's kingdom? And, and here it says, you know, that it's, it's truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, they're more than words and we need to learn how to apply them. And I find on a day like today, thinking about, you know, the fact that people's lives have been lost so that we can kind of maintain national boundaries and, and have a stand against things that are, you know, evil and good. But, you know, what does that, what does that kind of, what's that legacy? What does that mean for us today? And I think it's easy to kind of ignore as you say, those kind of systems and structures, which are, which are actually hindering us from finding peace and justice and truth and salvation in our world today, because we've just accepted them because they're not the evil that we fought against. 
because we were the nations that stood up for truth, right, and justice in that moment. But then the things, just because we were maybe, you know, standing in that place of right at one time doesn't mean everything we do afterwards is necessarily um, as, as good. But Well, what about, like, like when we're talking about Christian nationalism, um, it's, it's easy to see war and other countries as these evil things when you believe that you are God-sent nation, right? Like you mm -hmm. are God's, we're going to go fight the evildoers. We are mm -hmm. God's justice on earth. Mm -hmm. um, and then you see all those other things. But then once you build that system, it's very hard to critique that system without um, feeling attacked, mm, like, yeah. like the whole system, right? And then what you create is a place where people are going and sacrificing themselves for this system, and you're not able to critique the system in a way that says, why are we sending people away to give up their lives for this? Is there a different way? Yeah. And that's, I think, part of what Paul's talking about when he talks about like those institutions and stuff where you mm. can't even question why war is, we feel war is necessary in this time yeah. without mm. looking at, at a different thing. Like, mm. we're not against flesh and blood, but mm. against the reasons why we go to war. Yeah, yeah. Is it pride? Is it pride in our own country? Is it mm. pride in another? Is it self-centeredness? Is it mm. greed wanting to take over? I mean, maybe it's it's human rights, and you know, you know, I'm I'm thankful for the UN that sometimes it steps in when there's things that mm. you know me as an individual or as a country can't go and yeah and help out with with things. Um, they don't do it enough i feel but you know there there's good things but mm. if you can't critique that system mm. you can't critique why we do any of this stuff then it is an idol and you have set this whole system up as a deity that you worship and you sacrifice for mm. yeah. without even questioning and yeah. i think that's what paul's message is about mm. And it, and it is that um, Bo Sanders is is very um, regular at saying kind of, you know, wherever, wherever someone tells you that there's only two options, always look for the third way. Mm -hmm. And, and I think as you're saying that, you know, it is, you know, you become, it becomes this us versus them, you know, this or that, but actually, you know, is, is there another question that we should be asking? And, and you're right, like, you know, the, what's really difficult to navigate is, is when you're looking at when it when it looks like or feels like or is in about kind of one person's individual pride and power, but is about something such as human rights and things that we would say are, you know, it's like, you know, we believe that that people should have access to to fresh water. Well, yeah. if there's a, a militia who's, you know, cut off the fresh water from a town, should there be a force to be able to get that fresh water back in the hands of the people who need it? Or do we just, you know, like, what, what does it look like to stand up against evil in that moment? And, and, and it's complicated, it's difficult, yeah. it's hard, but there, you know, that if, if, as you say, if all we ever do is submit to the, 
the structures and systems and institutions which which then leave us at an either or and a place where we're constantly as you say sacrificing ourselves or others to maintain that either or then the question you know i think for us especially as christians is kind of what does it look like to you know what, what is it that we're actually standing up against you know and i and i love that that passage in the old testament where uh, joshua you know he gets visited by the angel of the lord and he says are you for us or for our enemies and he says neither yeah. <laughs> and you're just like wait wait hold on a second. and like you that's know, the chosen people right like yeah, yeah. if there's yeah, anyone yeah. to claim that god is on their side yeah to be exactly. the Israelites, and there he is saying no i'm not on yeah. i am yeah, yeah and i think yeah so i'm like you know i think we're what are we at? You, know, you have 20 seconds left, Derek, to, to drop any wisdom bombs you, you want. Well, but, that yeah. fighting fighting these evil forces or injustices and stuff very rarely, if at all, actually involve fighting. Hmm. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to be, and I try to stay away from this whole war, a God's army narrative, because it's been twisted in the past to mean and to be used in some terrible, terrible ways. And yeah. And I don't actually think the imagery is as helpful anymore. Um, I know maybe we're taken away from the Bible, but allegories and things change, right? Like we live in different societies, right? It's makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I try to stay away from it. But if you're going to use it, then what are you like? What are you actually fighting? Like, mm-hmm. is it the people or is it the things motivating the mm-hmm. the people? Right. And yeah. And um, and a very like mm. fighting is the last thing, but yeah. like right right to governments or well, like when I was talking about this in the church, I said, find something you're passionate about. Find a few more people that are also passionate about whatever this subject is. Sit down and figure out what you can do, and then mm. once you've done that, then come talk to the church, and we will figure out a way to support you. But mm. I'm not going to tell you to go do any of this stuff because, you know, I don't yeah. I don't like telling people what to be passionate about. I'd rather find their passions and mm. and uh, you know encourage those. Mm. So whatever you are, do it. So I'm going to do the same challenge for you right now. If you're listening, if if there's something that's been on the back of your mind that you're like, oh, I should find out more about this, or I wonder how this works, move it to the front of your mind. Think about it. Find some other people that are that are similar to, to you in, in wanting to know more about this, whatever subject it is, whatever issue it is. And then do do something small and, and see if it, it grows. It's like that story with uh, the little girl and the and the starfishes, and there's like a million on the beach and she's throwing one at a time and some guy walks over, he's like, What are you doing? You'll never Get all the starfishes off the sea and she's like i know but it matters to this one and it matters to this one and it matters to this one and you don't have to get all the starfishes off the beach but you know little little steps if mm. just move in the right direction and, yeah. and see where it takes you yeah and i would just add that too that i know for myself the moments where i think to myself the um you know what we're looking at is too big for me to make a difference at yeah it, it, that's an argument that's a, a predetermined argument for myself to just not try because the problem is too big. And I think like, if you want inspiration, I would say the, look up the story is the story of the um, organization charity water. 
um, where a guy had um, a complete transformation of a calling on his life, turned his back on kind of everything he had built before to provide to seek to provide clean water for places in the world that otherwise didn't have it. And he set up uh, an organization by which every donation that comes in from people like ourselves goes 100% to providing clean water. And he, he, um, he does the support for the actual organization externally to that, so that there's people who, who support and, and, and maintain the actual organization and business side of it financially. And that allows everybody else who wants to give to the actual um, development of the water systems in these places, 100% of their donations go there. And it's just a remarkable story. Um, so Charity Water, I, I would highly recommend you go look up the story of. Um, and it is that sense of, you know, having your heart burning for something, asking, you know, what what is that kind of throwing the starfish back that I can do right now? And then seeing, gathering other people around you to build something that actually is making more of a difference than you could. And which is, I would say, you know, that that was one thing that that also jumped out to me here. It said, um, uh, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. So, yeah. Yeah. So reach out, get some help. That's yeah. There's Let's others out this. there, guaranteeing it. Um, yeah. Even if anyway, their poppies are on the wrong side. Minutes. What? I said even if their poppies are on the wrong side, there are well, people. Well, it's out like there. in school, right? Like, like you ask a question because you know other people in the class also have the same question, right? Like, if no one asks a question, no one gets the answer. It's yeah. just like this. There's other people that have the same passion as you. They're just waiting for someone to speak up and say, "Let's." Yeah. Let's learn more about this. And maybe maybe there's not an opportunity for you to help. Probably is, um, even small. Ch check it out. It's time for the church to actually not be so concerned on ourselves, but concerned on events. And not just to get people into the church or to save their souls, but to actually just help people. Anyway, we'll just leave that little nugget at the end. <laughs> anyway, Derek's just going to, you know, nonchalantly slip that in to say yeah. goodbye. <laughs> All right. Blessings, Thanks everyone. Thanks for sharing. Peace. Yeah, we'll see you next week.